All right, take it away, Suara. So who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. Bloop, 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 bloop. You have an amazing instrumental voice. I'm just Thank so you. impressed right now. Yeah, that was welcome to another episode of Who Talks First. I'm one of your hosts, I am CT, and... I am not solo, I'm Suara. I'm back again here in LA. Your names work together, like... Well, it's like, I'm not solo, I'm Swara. Yeah, like, they uh, both start That sounds with cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so we have a special guest host, <laughs> and you're, this is your second or third time on the show? This is my second time on the show. You what? haven't invited me, like, remotely. Because we kidding, can't do it. You see our, our <laughs> yeah, recording yeah, yeah, set up yeah, yeah. right now? It's still awful. That still really sucks about your computer, by the way. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> well, because, like, what, uh, first our computer exploded so we're like mm-hmm. okay i need to save up money for this and then our we get a message from our landlord being like hey we're selling the building so which 75 percent of the time means that we're going to be kicked out of our apartment right and so we're like okay so we can't spend any extra money because we might be needing to find a new place to live mm-hmm. and basically and it was at the same time as us going to celebration and so we're still recording on our laptop my <laughs> laptop for right now until eventually I can get another computer. Well, welcome to the show, Swara. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be back. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show, just because, you know, I, we're, we're, today's going to be a very classic Knights of Rant episode, because we have nothing really to talk about. Uh, oh, I have plenty to talk well, about. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, like, news, I guess. I, I think I talked about how I finished. I finally finished Thrawn Th- Alliances on the show. I think I finally talked about this. I, don't, I actually don't recall that. Could you give me a little refresher, please? All right. So, Star Wars update on my on what I have done in the last two or three weeks. I finished Throne Alliances, finally, after about a year and a half. And then I immediately returned it to Audible. Because I, I audibled <laughs> it. Because with books that are usually harder for me to get through, I prefer reading to audiobooks. And sometimes that flips. Sometimes I do really enjoy audiobooks. But... For books that are a little bit harder for me to read, I do Audible, and I only retain about 30% of it, but I finally finished Thrawn Alliances. It was boring, mm-hmm. and I will not even try Treason. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Thrawn, Treason. Treason. So I got through, like, half of the first Thrawn novel. I was very bored. I, uh... It's funny, like, I recorded a podcast about it, like, after reading half of it, and, like, I think that was pretty evident during the podcast recording that I hadn't finished this book, so I relied on our guest at the time to, mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, fill out the blanks for me. I, yeah, I mean, like, no offense to, like, Tim Zahn or Thrawn fans, but I think that there is a way to write Thrawn well. I think specifically he was done well, I think it was in season three and some of season four of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the whole, like, letting his enemies go again and again thing. I think there was some really interesting dialogue there. I think, I will, you know, I don't give Dave Filoni credit on a lot of things, to be quite honest, but I will give him credit on making a good Thrawn. Yeah, because yeah. I, I liked my favorite Thrawn moment, which is, I wish we got to see more of, is when he's, like, he's, like, working out, and you see him snap for a second, because he usually has this, like, such a calm demeanor, and then something goes wrong where he cracks and he gets really, really upset. And then he has to, like, recall himself again. Because then that immediately I leaned forward and, like, this is the throne I'm all about. That was that, a great moment. That was such a good moment. But then they never really explored that again. Yeah. 
that, <laughs> like many things with Rebels, was very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Star Wars Resistance is my jam, the best Star Wars animation. I like Clone Wars. I uh, love seasons one and two of Rebels, did not like seasons three and, I mean, liked some of seasons three and four, but on the whole, like, they were average for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but Resistance, oh my god. I cannot I praise that. so much. At Celebration, I got to take a picture with Christopher Sean, and he hugged me. Like, I explained to him, I mm -hmm. love Kaz so much. He's one of my favorite characters. And Christopher Sean is Kaz, and he's also just one of the nicest human beings on the planet. What I love so much about the Resistance cast is how much they basically basically are their characters are. like yeah. Myrna Velasco if I believe I'm saying her name correctly yeah. Yeah. uh is just Toradoza totally. just Toradoza and since Tor is my favorite like this sweet angel like watching her on stage during the resistance panel and she was wearing my patch so <laughs> biased uh, nice. towards Tor a little bit because she was wearing my merch <laughs> like and they all they were so much fun to watch and I mean, to be honest, the Resistance panel was my favorite panel of the entire weekend. Like, even more so than mine. I didn't get to go because... Well, here's the thing. I potentially could have gone, but my flight was meant to be on Sunday after the SW Rep Matters panel I uh, moderated. But there was the freak snowstorm, and my flight back to D.C. got canceled, and I got moved to the next day. So I had to crash at a, like, friend in-person friend i had made in person for the first time ever oh my at gosh place. no she's wonderful yeah. uh name's cat and uh she's like we were like twitter buddies for years and when we mm -hmm. met celebration and we hit it off like as friends it was really great and she was super nice to like you know let me crash at her airbnb i just had to pay like 30 bucks or something uh, but yeah it was like i just like it, that whole thing of like Again, I understand. It was great, you know, for it to be in Chicago, for people to get there easily, but I don't think even Lucasfilm was anticipating a freak snowstorm towards the end of April. Oh, no. But as the as someone who lived in Chicago for four <laughs> years, the second they announced it, I was like, oh, no. But again, Anaheim 2020. So excited. Hindsight is 2020. We should have had it in Anaheim. I un again, I understand, but I do also appreciate it being like somewhere where more people could like travel to it. And so, however, I do agree. Yeah, I yeah. do agree with you as well. Like, there was so much more they could have done logistically for this whole thing. And I just wish there again. I, had I wouldn't a good even mind Chicago if they waited right. another month, but right. I get why they couldn't because they needed to start promoting they nine. Need, they need to start promoting nine. But in that case, I really wish they had just come out with the title, come mm -hmm. out with like a little teaser image. They just do that. You could just do that on the internet and then at Celebration have a larger trailer. In a lot of ways, Lucasfilm makes the rules and Disney makes the rules when it comes to these things. So they can do whatever they want, honestly, in terms of promotion. I wish they had just done that instead of like, you know, having it in April when like, I'm sure like they, you know, if they were fully doing their job, like, would look at the weather and say, is there a chance of like, you know, something like this happening? And I just wish some more organization had gone into this. Again, mm -hmm. I had a great time. I think like overall it was pulled off well. I just really, I would be remiss if I wasn't sincere and said, I don't think it was the most organized it could have been. Oh yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, I, I've ranted about it before, so I won't linger on it mm -hmm. too long, but Hopefully, I like. I think uh, 
Anaheim celebration has a lot going for it by the fact that the movies, the main saga movies, will be over. I like that they're still doing a celebration, even though there isn't going to be a movie coming out that year. There will be the TV shows. Well, we know there is, like, one coming out in 2020? Or no, 2022? It's 2023, right? No, no, it's 2022. That one. All the twos, yeah. So we might get very little info about that. Well, we did recently get some info about that, which I think we should talk about. Like... Especially after this week, um, you know, I saw a tweet like from a shareholders meeting that indeed it is the uh, David Benioff and DB Vice uh, Star Wars trilogy. Apparently, I thought it was going to be like a TV series, but no, it's a whole trilogy of films. Which and Bobby Boy, <sighs> Bibbidi Bob Iger, Bob, Bob, I love you, Bob. Bob, we just want to talk. <laughs> we just want to chat. Yeah. Read the room. <laughs> Read the room. And I know a lot of us were really hoping for uh, Ryan's trilogy to be the one that was announced. And again, I'm still... I know Ryan keeps saying that he's working on it. And I, dear go- God, hope it's still true. And I hope that they're just not announcing any dates because Ryan wants to go at his own pace with it. Which I, again, hope it's true. Or maybe they decided he wanted to do a TV show instead. Either one, I just hope they're still doing it because, all right, we're going to talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. Just going to let you know. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Spoilers for, like, all of Game of Thrones, I just love how, I do love how, like, this week on Game of Thrones, everyone was like, I don't care about spoilers. Or, like, they, because usually I like to be a little conscious of spoilers, but I feel like most everyone was like, we're so upset that we refuse to have this, like, spoiler warning. We need to talk about this. I have been... The first three episodes of the season. So now let's get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. First three episodes of the of this season, I liked. I really liked the battle at Winterfell and even the twist ending that, you know, it was Arya who would kill the Night mm-hmm. King out of nowhere. Now, I've had also my various problems with uh, these writers, these showrunners. Uh, DB, I'm just going to call them D&D. Yep. Uh, DB Vice and David... Uh, Oh, she was lesson. Whatever. Yeah. I don't even care to remember their names. We'll just say D and D. D and D. Yeah, you know yeah. who I'm talking about. So, I had uh, already had my personal issues and issues a lot of my friends have brought up uh, about their treatment of women, also their treatment of people of color. Uh, we saw that with Missandei, the episode before this one, in which like you had a sacrifice of a black woman to further a white woman's arc. And it's just like, you know, again, like Masani was always a great character, but she ended up being like motivation for Danny, who is a character I, who is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. She still is, despite yeah. everything. And what happened to her in the last episode was character assassination. Like apparently just because Masande died um, and said Dracaris, which I don't think Masande was telling Danny to burn all the women and children of King's Landing. No, I, I definitely because, took it as her being like, this is like, I'm loyal to Danny. Like, yeah. that's what I read it as. Right. But, but a lot appara- of people were definitely but, were taking it as her being like, burn the whole place down. Burn like actual innocence when Danny has consistently always professed to want to protect the innocent. And even when she has like been violent, it's been towards the perpetrators of violence and... Or it was ever an accident. And, like, 
what, if I may curse, what <laughs> fucking happened was like, we're going to make this amazing woman character who is essentially the protagonist, one of the main mm-hmm. protagonists of the series. We're going to make her go on a murderous rampage because it's a twist. She's actually crazy, which like obviously has its own implications about the portrayals of mental health and like apparently they and women with ambition and women with ambition or like you know like they have essentially made her a hysterical woman who like and i'm not the one who should be talking about this i'm a cis hetero straight man so like you know courtney like you go ahead i I can i i had a major problem i like i did it's not necessarily what happened to danny it is a little bit but it's the way they framed it in the last two episodes Mm -hmm. because they had varus come in and be like Oh, well, cocks are important. It's important that a man rules. Men are always meant to rule things. Men are always meant to lead things. This is what he said. And it's so comically sexist that you're like, oh, no way he's right. Like, you can't have a character say that. It can't be like, men are meant to rule. Especially when Varys was, like, the top proponent of or, like, supporter of Danny for before he even knew her. He's like, I think Daenerys... When he, w- he even said, like, oh, who said anything about a him? I'm talking about Daenerys Targaryen. And for him to go from that to blatantly saying stuff based off her sex and making it in the context of the show true is where the biggest part of that problem lied. Now, I have a lot of problems with Game of Thrones in the last two seasons. Now, I will say, I stopped watching this show four years ago. I I kept up with the plot. Like, I read synopsises every week, but it became too much of a torture porn for me. What was the last episode you watched, if I may ask? Uh... It was Stannis burning his daughter. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, well, I think I was on and off after the Sansa thing. After watching what happened to Sansa, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And then... So many people stop watching the show for a long time. What really, really pissed me off is... I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just to reiterate, is when Brienne kills Stannis, they fade to black. So you don't actually see Stannis die. And... During the interview with uh, D&D, they, people were even asked, like, did Stannis die? And they were like, yes, but we thought it would be too gratuitous to show it. And I'm like, I've had to watch so many women get raped and brutalized. And you, you write it into the show. You wrote rape scenes that were not there. For you to say that killing the main villain is the main villain of that arc was too gratuitous seeing that was i'm like that was your gratuitous well, line or maybe they just didn't want a woman to be doing it like yeah seeing brienne kill stannis was too gratuitous oh no brienne a warrior knight killing someone in apparently cold blood like yeah we've never seen that on game of thrones before apparently but we can't see it from a woman now like just so yeah i haven't been watching the show for a while but at celebration we ended up watching it and then we just like i'm like it's the last season i'll watch it Mm -hmm. what a clown what a clown i am which episode was that oh first one the first one yeah Yeah. so i started watching it there and let me tell you my biggest problem with game of thrones is that all these people keep being like oh they foreshadow danny to be mad they're foreshadowing blank they're for i'm like you you're making an argument but for every moment they foreshadow Danny being mad, they have her saying something like... 20 times over. Yeah. 
And that's the problem where the show lies, is that its characters are inconsistent because they didn't they didn't want audiences figuring out what they were doing. I so, don't care. I want something narratively satisfying. In, like, and what they the, did wasn't. So it was Danny, the opposite. It was like character assassination and just like made me not care about the story. Like I'm still going to watch the last episode because oh, yeah. I just want to know because I've invested so many years of my life into it. It's not like when I quit season four of Arrow because I was like, this is so awful, mm-hmm. so fucking stupid and these so deeply problematic. And again, it's the same you thing. You have one Game episode of, left, might as well. It's one episode, might as well. And it's like, the thing with Game of Thrones is like, it is a cultural event. Mm-hmm. It's not even a series I like anymore. And I just like, I feel like that's the same for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Like, because with Danny, the fact that she flew in her dragon when was severely injured this is her child like danny's dragons her she has three dragons that are clearly meant as a reflection to cersei's three kids like they equally care about their children just as much like that is so i'm not a huge fan of the whole like the love for your children makes you crazy not a huge fan of that i'm but the inconsistency with Danny's choices, the fact that Tyrion, the smartest character on the show, was like, hey, you know that guy who can raise the dead? Let's all hide in the crypts. That will be the safe space to hide. Like, you, Tyrion's supposed to be, like, the smartest guy on the show. Varys one second is like, women can rule. Then the next second he's like, no, they can't. I was watching a video earlier today of the Game of Thrones cast uh, in interviews. Like, it was a compilation of them trying to hide how stupid they think this season is. Mm-hmm. And one of them was... Uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I love yeah, that interview. Yeah, plays here and was like, "Why are they going to the crypts? Like, it's so stupid to do." Like, and like, but again, like you said, it was his character who said it. Yeah, like, oh my god. He's like, apparently, he's supposed to be the smartest guy here, but yeah. apparently not always. Because honestly, when you're saying, "Oh, the crypts are the safest place to be," against the battle of the undead, mm-hmm. who says those words out loud? And so there is like a fan theory, which is what I will. Have you seen this by any chance? What's do, the fan theory? Do you theory? mind fan theories? No, not at all. No, I've, I've done many of them myself. It's stupid, yeah. but at this point, it's the lesser of two evils sure. that the last two episodes, or like two and a half episodes, have just been the vision Bran has if Arya kills the Night King, if the Night King dies there. Because you know how in the Battle of Winterfell, he, Bran just is like, I gotta go now, peace out. And then you have no idea why he just peaced out for like an hour. So that was like the fan theory. It was like this has whole been just a fake dreamscape, until, uh, and then Arya kills the Night King. Like, so if Arya ends up killing the Night King, what will happen if that's the case? Okay. And so, <laughs> which honestly, a, it makes sense in a very stupid it way. Does it? But it's still stupid. Oh, it's still stupid. It's and still still... stupid. But I'm like, it could potentially be a lesser of two evils, depending on how it, they go about it. Because then it makes sense to why Tyrion in this escape is knows. Because he's like, I know we're going to win tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I, everyone seemed, seems to really know what's going to happen. And how, you know, like, let's, like, the Iron Fleet, how when they first came in, the Iron Fleet decimated them. Decimated them with, right, like, no right. problem. And then when they came again... With one dragon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It suddenly they can't load an arrow. Okay, so let's say this pans out. Let's say it all turns out to be Which I don't like, I don't believe. It well, will, I mean who knows? But, who knows? Yeah. At this point, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Like, uh imagine it does turn out to be that. 
that um Bran the one of the first or second scenes of the next episode shows him like going back to the present and he tells he somehow tells Arya no you must not kill the Night King now and then essentially Bran dies because the Night King is trying to kill him so maybe the only scenario I could see coming out of that is like them teaming up with Cersei in the end to do one final battle against the Night King or something but you don't know how it's gonna end sort of like Soprano style which I think now that I think about it it does sound very stupid oh no it's definitely stupid but like definitely I would think it would if it did pan out it would be like Bran like waking up from that thing and then him telling Arya that she he can't kill the Night King that he has to let the Night King take him yeah and that's the only way things are going to, like, but, but, work out. But, but I'm still, like, I would still feel like we wasted so much time. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. But, uh, like, if we can stop going down this trash heap, potentially, because I have such a problem. Cersei, wasted. Cersei and Jamie and Daenerys are my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, I have some problems with how they handle Jamie. Oh, actually, I have a lot of problems. The, the whole Jamie, Jamie, like, leaving Brienne thing. Like, just, just, they just... Like, they should have chose one or the other. That's my thing yeah, with yeah, inconsistent yeah, characters, yeah. is that you made the whole thing with Jamie and Brienne just seem like he only slept with her because she was a virgin. And like, you're like, like oh, we're going to do that. It's, it's like what you say, like, the inconsistency of the characters, it leads me to not care anymore. Yeah. And this is, like, part of the fear with D&D. So is it confirmed that they are writing this new tril- trilogy or producing or what the I think all of the above, honestly, even but directing? I don't know. Even directing? Yeah. God. Um... Yeah, that's, like, the fear I have, like, with characters they write is that they do not know how to conceptualize because none of these are their original characters. They're all George R. R. Martin. Yeah. And... And they did a good job of adapting his they get, story. They're great adapters. Which so if is they why... Get, if they get writers, mm-hmm. diverse writers, women writers, if they have women directors, if they work collaboratively in that space, I will have presumably less of a problem. But as of now, I am, like, you're problematic as fuck. You're... Uh, Characters are inconsistent. Often you're just not good writers. Mm-hmm. And I like, just because you have the most success, like it makes, I understand why Lucasfilm chose them for business sense. Mm-hmm. For like, you know, because they have one of the most popular television series of all time that yeah. are big productions and everything like that. But when it comes down to it, like, can they handle this really on their own? And like, everything that's happening with Game of Thrones now is like, Ultimately, it is a money business, but this is not... Like, Star Wars quality is a cut above a lot of the rest, Mm -hmm. at least in my opinion. So, if they continue to go with this, I just have very little interest in this trilogy unless they bring in different creators or writers or, like... I, there is always the chance they could prove us wrong and actually create something that's really great and riveting and that people will love and is hopeful and inspirational as Star Wars but, should be. But as of now, I just don't. And also, because they're creating a trilogy, like, I, honestly, I'm at the point where I'm like, I need to wait till I'm not going to watch it until the whole trilogy's out. Right? Because I don't know. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, there's rumors floating around that they are doing something with the KOTOR era. Oh, era, God. Era. Oh, God. I don't and want them to touch it. Years, like, when they first, these rumors started floating around, like, all right, they do a decent job of adapting things that already exist. So I'm like, maybe they could do it. I'm like, mm. now I'm like, do not touch it. Do not do touch, not touch this era. Do not touch this era. Revan. No. Nope. Leave them alone. 
I, I, I do want these stories to be back in canon somehow, and I do think they would make great films. They're amazing stories. But I do not, I do not trust them. They've, and I, there, there's really honestly no way they can save the, fi- like, save the finale. There's yeah. no way. They butchered my favorite characters. Same. And... Like, they they, they essentially killed Daenerys. Like, no. it was character assassination on every... It's character assassination, yeah. and clearly she's gonna... If, if let's pretend... Okay, like, if it was, for some reason, Bran's dream sequence. For some reason. Mm-hmm. And... I, like, I... Is, what you'd a, feel what a em- waste. You'd feel empty at yeah. the end. Yeah, if, but what a... What a waste. And like the fact twist. That, it was all just a vision. Like just, just, just that's what? what that's what that's what Twilight did. So I would really, really like the Twilight movies at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would think it was actually hilarious. At this point, I don't care because I'm. It's so stupid. But uh, yeah, just want to change that at the time. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, so at this point, it would just be so funny if Game of Thrones takes its final twist from Twilight. I just think. Because no matter what, it's going to be a bad ending. Oh, yeah. I I was really rooting for Danny. Like, how was... It's the Song of Fire and Ice. I was rooting yeah. for John and Danny. Yes. And Targaryen style. Yeah. Yeah. To do like, this together. Like, just, just why not? And it makes, like... You, and honestly, Danny is a strategic person. She would realize, hey, maybe if, like, we're co-rulers. But then, again, Varys says this sexist thing, like, oh, she's too strong for him. And, like, just, like, it's like, no. Like, Danny would have this idea on her own. It's just, like, if she found, like, her last living relative who she would, whom she would marry and, like, mm-hmm. was already in love with, then, like, yeah. Like, Danny would probably be, like, I'll use this to my advantage and I care about him anyway. And it's just, like... I don't know. It just yeah. They they had an easy solution that made sense in front of them, but they were like, "No, we need to make this stupid." Because you have <laughs> yeah. your main villains who are the Night King and Cersei. Mm-hmm. And then you like I I I liked uh, Battle of Winterfell, yeah. even though you're like, "Oh, all right." That was so what? That was I quick, all right. No Ooh, all right. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I kind of thought Night King was going to last until I thought they were going to lose and then flee and then they would have the night army at one so landing so there was an interview dnd had on jimmy kimmel uh in which he asked them point blank obviously they could just be bs but jimmy kimmel asked after the battle of winterfell if we were done with the white walkers and they said maybe so i think there's a hint there it could be the brand thing brand thing (laughs) calling it like just honestly is it stupid? Yes, but either option's stupid. And if mm-hmm. you can give me another option where, like... Where we don't assassinate all of Danny's character yeah. and, like, everything. But here's the other thing. The fact or, that yeah. they were like, Danny forgot about the Iron Fleet. Like, are you kidding me? They were talking about it and, like, they showed it... I watched a video where, like, showed they were talking about it at Dragonstone and then, like, cuts to, like, her apparently forgetting it. Forgetting like, that they have these weapons that can kill her dragons. And she brings her very hurt dragon her very hurt dragon again this like, is her child it, it, it's like for danny to be like from that like episode before this one where danny was apparently so insecure mm-hmm. that she wasn't going to do the actually like smart thing and like let her armies recuperate which she has always done she took her sweet time getting her westeros anyway yeah and it's like 
Danny's a smart person. She wouldn't make this mistake. Basically, what they did was they dumbed down all of their characters for the sake of drama. Like, like it was so painfully obvious along with the pacing. But here's the other thing that, like, makes me mad. And, like, a friend of mine, like, tweeted about this. Like, that there was... Like, let's imagine that this was George R. R. Martin's endpoint for Danny to become the Mad Queen. Mm -hmm. There is a pathway to get there. Oh, yeah. In which, like, she retains her agency, in which she is still an awesome character that you want to root for, but she keeps slipping up and she makes mistakes down the way, but a long process that's not like, what the fuck are you doing, Danny? Like, you did not say this, like, one or two mm -hmm. episodes ago. And it just, like, leaves me so narratively unsatisfied i'm like again like based on like like you know maybe there were scant hints but again for every scant hint you had about her potentially going mad like again which is problematic in terms of like depictions of mental illness you had like 20 30 others about her showing her in word and action caring about people mm -hmm. and she has made mistakes as well but she's like She's a wonderful, flawed heroine that, like, I've loved for years. And for this to happen to her, I'm like... That's why I, like, to go back to Star Wars, I would have loved yes. the put-down-the-lightsaber moment where, you know, like, in the Return of the Jedi where Luke is, like, going dark side and he's, like, whamming on Vader with the lightsaber and then he throws it away. He's like, no, this isn't who I am. And so you have you can have that moment where Danny's real close, you know, where she's real mad. She starts flying over Jogan and, like... There's some, maybe some collateral damage, and then she has to stop herself. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I refuse to be what that my father been amazing. was. Yeah. But we also know, the thing about D&D is that they scoff all the time at genuine hero storylines. Yeah. They're, they're, they were the ones who said, like, themes are for eighth graders. <laughs> like, just, what, who, like... These are the people you want to write Star Wars? Star Wars, Star Wars is 100% just themes. It's all themes. It's all about hope. How can, like, these guys write about hope? I don't get it. Like, even Rogue One, like, which is apparently... Like, here's the thing with Rogue One. Like, we all know the reshoots. I mean, I feel like a lot of us know the reshoots mm. were because... Uh, now, I love Rogue One, but I also know Gareth that I feel like, you know... You could, pretty much tell Gareth Edwards wanted to go like way darker mm -hmm. and like you know like make it a gritty war film but Disney and Lucasfilm swept in and were like oh no 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 we gotta like fluff this up more we gotta like talk more about hope like like they th the word hope is said like 30 times or so in Rogue One is a film about hope despite being a gritty film it's an amazing wonderful film um, I think it could have been grittier, I will just say but still <laughs> well it's, like, it's it interesting because Disney was the one that were like no they all have to die they originally, Cassian right. and Jin made it out. Right. And Disney was like, oh no, they all need to die. Which... Because they're not in A New Hope in the original trilogy. Yeah, and they're not mentioned there. Yeah. And so I think it's... Like, you can have dark storylines, but still have the themes be really important. Yeah. And I do think they did that with Rogue One. Um, and, yeah, do not... I do not trust D&D &D with their... Lit okay, literally the only storyline... I could think of that would be good for them is the origin of the Sith. Oh. Like, that <laughs> that would, like, correlate. But even so, it would be inconsistent characters making stupid, dumb choices. Yeah. Because yeah. even, like, the, 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 the reason the Sith happened is because of these really complex emotions of, like, fear and heartbreak, in which our fear itself is not a bad emotion, and it's a heartbreaking emotion, but that fear does turn into anger, and it turns into hatred, and... 
that, which is very true. Like anything that you actively hate is like someone who's at, at or something has scared you or you made think was scared you at one point. And for example, clowns. <laughs> hate them. But, uh, <laughs> Did you watch what? a new It trailer? Oh God, no! <laughs> I don't. I don't do horror movies. Don't do horror movies. Oh my God! But Us is so good. Which has consistent characters, I would believe by it. the way. Yeah, no, yeah. I do. I really it's not like too stuff. scary, yeah. just FYI. Yeah, no, because I, I really like... I, I like reading the synopsis. I'm going to give a, sh- a shout-out to... Oh, what's it? Kill Count? Uh, Dead Meat YouTube. He's a, actually a friend of mine, James A. Janice. Uh, but he runs this YouTube channel, this horror movie channel, where he does a show called Kill Count. And he does these really good synopsis of horror movies. Because I find synopsis of horror movies, especially psychological ones, like uh, the ones Jordan Peele have done, really interesting. I just can't watch them because Mm -hmm. I am, one, a wimp, and two, a wimp. (laughs) Just can't do it. And I don't like gore. Mm. So I, I I really like some of the stories that are behind these horror films. So I recommend his channel to anyone else who's like me. Who wants to read the synopsis of all these movies and wants to know what happened but can't do the spoopy stuff (laughs) there we go but yeah trying to figure out like i yeah i just don't know why bob thought the day or two days after the day after it was a day Mm. to announce that that's the next one well i mean this is the thing i bob Iger, i do like hbo is a separate company Mm -hmm. not yet owned by disney oh yeah (laughs) Quote unquote, yeah. Uh, quote unquote, yeah. Like, and I say oh, this as a, not, yeah. yeah, Disney, I love you. But, I, uh, oh, Disney, calm down. Disney, you own everything I love. I love Star Wars. I love Marvel. I love classic Disney animation mm-hmm. and everything. But you gotta stop. <laughs> I, I really hope the government, I hope we get like a Democratic president in, like, who will actually care about this stuff and yeah. give oh. you a. And look who's home! It's me! Talk over here. Hello? Well, talk, talk to one of the sides. Okay, I'll come talk over. Hi, everybody. Solo's it's here. Solo. You made it home. You have to go do training. But... I do. I am in time training, so I can't stay long, but Game of Thrones fucking sucks, and Baneoff and Weiss don't know how to write. <laughs> oh, that was the guy's name, Baneoff and Weiss. We were calling them D&D. Well, I mean, you, everyone calls them D&D at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel really true. bad because for anyone who like plays D&D, <laughs> it's very confusing now. Because they used to call them B&W. Right, okay, so B&W then. Yeah, because yeah, for a while there, it, it does suck, because you see, like, D&D sucks, and you're like, but I really like Dungeons and Dragons. You're like, oh, no, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. that's not what yeah. we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't know. Oh, about uh, Disney buying Oh, everything? yeah, yeah, Disney, you own everything I love. Uh, you gotta stop. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in fairness to Bob Iger... Um, he certainly did not know. This was, again, two days before this episode came out, which, like, you know, they fired Trevorrow over that, like, horrific, after that horrific film which came out, Mm -hmm. like, Book of Henry, and I would argue, like, you know, what they did with Daenerys was worse on certain levels. Uh, so, like, you know, what else could Bob Iger do at that point? He's also not the one in charge of this. It's still Kathleen Kennedy calling Mm -hmm. the shots of, uh, who gets hired and stuff, and the thing is, again, Game of Thrones is one of the most successful TV series of all time. They brought in millions and millions of viewers uh, around the world. Tech, like, barring like the problematic and stupid storytelling D and D have been doing, it still is financially successful. Mm-hmm. So it's like you understand it from that sort of business perspective. But 
also from the business perspective of what people actually love about Star Wars and what they want to see from Star Wars. None of this is what I want to see from Star Wars Mm -hmm. right now. And this is the other thing. The past couple of seasons, like, I feel like Game of Thrones really took a dip in quality in season four, um, season five. I think I like some of season six and seven, but even back when I look at season seven, I realized it was super rushed. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have this season, which has been a trash fire. Uh, that's all D and D. Like you know, when they go off of George R. R. Martin's writing, or at least like go off of uh, what was pre-established, and you know the books uh, one through five, which George R. R. Martin is he ever going to finish? I have no idea. Who knows? Uh, who knows? And yeah, I like. I I don't do not trust them as individual creators themselves. It's like. The characters we got invested in, the world we got invested in, is George R. R. Martin's. On balance, they like D and D have not created anything. I think most of us care about. Mm-hmm. So, but again, in, with fairness to Bob Iger, it was only two days after that trash fire of an episode aired. So, like, what else could he say to the shareholders at that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. like I, I someone brought this up on Twitter. Which does make me really sad. So let's say, I mean, this is preemptive and who knows if, like, I, I don't think they're getting fired. I will be honest, I don't think they are. But if they do, that's not Bob Iger's fault, it's going to be Kathleen Kennedy's. Which, that's what makes me upset, is that this is something that Bob Iger is clearly the one, like, really pushing. You think and, he's really pushing it act- oh, yeah. actively? Okay. Yeah, because, like, he he name drops the D, like, that series a lot. at these meetings and so i think it sucks to see like him push it and when if it does go to shit it's gonna fall on kathleen kennedy of course well she well to be fair Mm -hmm. she was the one that initially brought them on that hired them i mean was it or was it bob Iger? i i'm sure it was a collaborative collaborative decision between both of them very fair yeah okay (sighs) yeah yeah i don't know i think it's just gonna be I, I, I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared. scared. After, because I mean, we were talking like my my excitement for episode nine has severely crashed. Like why? I mean, I'm curious if you can say that publicly. I mean, I I, I will say part of it. I mean, at first when the episode nine trailer played, I felt really confident about the movie. I felt really good about where it was going. They were even during the panel, they were saying a lot of things that I liked. And then some things came out afterwards that really crushed my hope for the movie. I, it really just uh, brought home the point that they're trying... I feel like the cast members and potentially the writers and directors have been very gaslit by the fandom. And I think that they're trying very hard to try to soothe the really awful fans for... Example one, I'm very glad Kelly Marie Tran was on the panel. I was very afraid she wasn't going to be, but did we see her at all in the teaser? No. We didn't see her at all in the trailer. We didn't see Naomi either, but we really haven't seen her in anything. Everything is focusing just on Finn, Ray, and Poe. Should we say potential spoilers for Nine at this point? Uh, yeah, we can say potential, potential spoilers for Nine, um, and that immediately put a bad taste in my mouth about jj being like mm-hmm. you know you could have written in naomi aki and kept 
Rose. Yeah. Like, the fact that you see this... Wait, are you telling me that you can have two women of color in one film? I know Hollywood might not know this, but (laughs) there can be two prominent women of color. (gasps) I thought you were only allowed one! (gasps) The fact, like, so you have this, like, big group photo at the end. Yeah. And where uh, it's, like, C-3PO, BB-8, Chewbacca, Ray, Finn, Poe, and then Dio. And I'm like... Dio gets to go on this this droid that no one asked for. BB-8's right. already the cute droid. You don't need yeah, another I, megaphone droid. I mean, I mean, like the megaphone droid. I mean, like he's all right, I guess. But BB-8's still my main man yeah. forever. So, but I am curious. Like, uh, when you say soothe the more toxic or like bad parts of fandom, do you mean as in they are going for something that's more quote unquote? traditional hero's journey story or is it like they are reneging on stuff in the last jedi i do like this is just from a marketing standpoint i don't know about the film but like okay start at the beginning with rose and her absence so far in the marketing when we see all these like book releases and it's like there's the one that has just like yeah. all of them like where's Rose? Where's one of the, Rose? only one of them mentioned Rose, and I don't think she's on the cover of the book. <sighs> and the fact the rise of Skywalker, the fact they knew that people that would like soothe people into thinking that maybe Rey's still a Skywalker, you know? No, she's not. She yeah, trust me, she's I don't not. think so either. She's not like anyone out there who still thinks Rey's a Skywalker. Listen, you can have like your fan theories, absolutely, but. If you can I have may, your head if, cannons. If, you can yeah, have what you if, wish if, happened. If, if but... I may, like on my own mm-hmm. thing, like say my own sources, <laughs> like I have like very strong evidence, like strong like inside info that Ray was always intended to mm-hmm. be a nobody. Like I will go on the issue on that. Ray's parents. Like, are not anyone we know. There will certainly be more story to them, which mm-hmm. is great. Because, I, it's like, while I love The Last Jedi, I do wish Rey had more closure when it came to that. But yeah. I prefer to get just closure at it. I do, I do not need her parents to be anyone famous. I just want her to have something emotionally satisfying. And, again, my sources have been <laughs> telling me that, like, th- there is going to be that. And, and that's what I'm saying. JJ, JJ said JJ himself. Said yeah, yeah, JJ said himself. So We're honoring The Last Jedi, but... Because yeah. we don't know if the sand planet they're on is Jakku again, but right. l- let's say it is. I hope Ray going back to Jakku, like, could be that fulfilling saying goodbye or figuring out what exactly but, happened but, there. But, but it also makes narrative sense because Palpatine hit a lot of stuff on, on Jakku. Jakku. Yeah, yeah. So like, it just it he just was like setting makes this up sense for a long yeah. time. Yeah, it was set up for a long. They are you telling me they had a plan? Like, okay, so oh, well, yeah. a lot of people have been complaining about like the the subverting expectations thing and we need to stop doing that and i'm like oh i agree but when you're only doing it for shock value but people were talking about that with the last jedi and i'm like no you're they subverted like the expectations only the audience had like they in tfa they never insinuated ray was luke's daughter Ever. The only thing that you... Well, that's the only way she can power, be powerful, powerful with the Force, Courtney. They, like, she has to be a Skywalker, of course. Like, the only... The <sighs> fact that in the first trailer, Ray's like... Maz is like, who are you? And she's like, I'm nobody. nobody. Yeah, yeah, no one. Like, all right, got that. She even implies that, hey, in the first... Uh, 
she's like, who are you waiting for? It's like, oh, my family. It's like, well, whoever you're waiting for is never coming back. But there yeah. is someone who could. Oh, Luke. Luke. So you already know. Luke and her family, two separate enter- entities. Yeah. Sure, that lightsaber called out to her because she's a light side force like, user. Like, like, here's the thing. It's like, the thing is, and I just like, this is the final story of the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, is a Skywalker. When they revealed the title, they had his theme in a major key. <laughs> so, like, I'm, like, like 95% certain, like, Ben Demption is happening at this point. And, like, <laughs> l- some listeners may know, like, I've been, like, uh, iffy on it back and forth about, like, Kylo Ren and, like, Ben Solo. But, like, you know, through wonderful friends like Courtney <laughs> and other, like, friends of mine, you're just, like, talking about it. It's, like... Yeah, narratively, this would be the most satisfying. Again, his theme is in a major key. Uh, so it's like, so it's like, yeah, it can be like, I feel like the Rise of Skywalker, like the title itself refers to multiple things. I think it refers to the Rise of the Skywalker family. I think it refers to uh, like, uh, yeah, Redemption of Ben Solo. Because, like, it's, you know, the balance of dark and light going to... Like, again, no inside mm-hmm. info, but, like, the balance of dark and light going to fight Palpatine, who's the ultimate evil, who's brought imbalance to the Force. My boy Palpatine has been the main villain this whole time. I kept the faith, Because I will so say, happy. with yeah. the subverted expectation things, I do think Snoke was one of them. But then the second Palpatine laughed in that trailer, and they're like, oh, we had Palpatine in plan since TFA. Yeah. I'm like, that's not... And, and, and that's... Listen, like, I complained for a while about or about this not making sense to general audiences, mm-hmm. like the First Order and everything. Mm-hmm. Now I understand why it didn't make sense. So, yeah, so much makes sense now. It does, because, like, yeah, it was, like, this guy's plan the whole time. But the other thing I want to say about the title, Rise of Skywalker, is, like, I actually do buy into the theory. And this uh, theory I first saw from my friend Sarah Dempster on mm-hmm. Twitter, um, that... You know, I mean, again, who knows how it's going to be. Like, it's just my own personal interpretation. So, like, but, and I understand, like, why people may have problems with this. But I think it's a good, it's, like, it's a theory that makes the most sense to me. Of, like, Rey and potentially a redeemed Ben Solo, like, taking on the mantle of Skywalker as, like, a new name for the new order they're going to found. I, I, that's what I am rooting for personally. That's what I want it to be. Because I think that, one... I know I've talked about this a lot. I hate the Jedi. I hate them. And every fuck the Jedi. <laughs> fuck the Jedi. Yeah. That they Jedi suck ass. One of these, uh, there was a shirt that, uh, like I think it was that bo- box lunch that said "Anti Sith Jedi Club," and I'm like, do you mean Anti Sith and Jedi Club? Because I'm anti both. Uh, I, I think that that sounds like to me like an anti gray Jedi like. Sure. Like, which like was by a, the way i do not understand the visceral reaction that's always against gray jedi it's, it's like because i think well i've i've noticed that recently because it used to be that the story group was like very visceral about that react like talking about that mm-hmm. and they don't do that anymore mm-hmm. and so i because i think a lot of people with like the gray jedi concept just think it's, it's someone cool. someone who can use force lightning but also can talk to animals. And I'm no, like, that's not what no. that means. It means a reformation of the Jedi yes. because the Jedi were in... Uh, it's, like, it's, it's like one concept I actually really do like from Legends. It's called, They're called the Potentium. Mm-hmm. They were basically like saying like, hey, you can feel negative emotions and like use that to, to drive as long as you don't let them overrule you. It's like, 
again, like, you know, the problem with the Jedi, and I know y'all have talked about this many times, is that, like, they do not allow you to feel emotions. They do not allow you to have catharsis. And, um, like, yeah. you know, like a great Jedi or, like, sit, but the Sith are on the other end where, like, you know, you have too many emotions and you have no control. But how about balance? Mm-hmm. Something they've been hitting us over the head with over and over again. Oh, and uh, I'll have, we'll have a separate episode uh, later for this because I recently listened to Dooku Jedi Lost and Red Master and Apprentice, okay, which Dooku, Dooku Jedi Lost is uh, dead to me because there's no Duke new. Yeah. There's a little Duke new. There's a little Duke new. A little Duke new. Oh my new. god. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. In Master and Apprentice, there's a little Duke new. No, oh, in Master and Apprentice. Yeah. Okay, but still, I, I was, yeah. I'm excited to read that. Anyway, it's a, now I'm it's more It's a excited. little in Duke. A uh, little Duke new, Master and Apprentice. Cool. And so just a mild spoiler for it. it yeah, yeah. There's a point in Master and Apprentice. So sorry. We're going to talk about this because both those pieces of media were very. The Jedi are problematic. They're they're screwing up their their followers, mm-hmm. and what I really loved is that in Master and Apprentice, it is revealed that one of the female Jedi in the Order had a child, and <gasps> yeah, and so she disappeared for like two years and came back with a child who's force sensitive, and she's just like, oh, found this child, and so it was raised within the Jedi Council or raised within the Jedi, and then it's revealed that it was actually her baby. And that comes out in this, yeah, I think, I think it's Master, or no, I'm sorry, maybe, no, this is Jedi Lost. I'm forgetting which one it is. Uh, I read them both back to back, so I'm forgetting, and the stories are very interwoven. Yeah, like, they take Uh, place at the same, around the same time, yeah. Yeah, and basically, uh, it comes out being like, hey, if she did not feel comfortable telling us this, she had this mistake that she had made, and... She, because it does end up backfiring, a bunch of bad mm-hmm. things happen because she knows it's her child. And so she goes, it's her, she's a mother. She goes out of her way to protect this, yeah. je- just Jedi more strongly than she should because it's her baby. And, well, it's an adult by that point. But uh, the there's this big confrontation where I think it's Dooku is like, she could not come to us. She could not come to you guys because she was afraid of what you guys would do. She was afraid, like... And, she, and Yoda's like, no, we would have helped. And it's like, that's really easy to really, say now. Really, Yoda? Really? Yo, no, Yoda fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm so pissed at Yoda. I, I, I like... I love original trilogy Yoda. Mm-hmm. I think the other Yoda, like, prequel trilogy era Yoda, I'm just, like, not the biggest fan of. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it just reveals how problematic the Jedi were. The yeah. How, if you had messed up how that can eat away at you because you're so afraid of what the council like will do to you that the council is so bad that it, yep. they're so bad in their enlightened ways that yeah. all of this was going wrong because no one feels like they can talk to them with their actual problems like if they go yeah. down this like pathway a little bit and also the fact still remains dooku is the best dooku is amazing i love him wait have i ever told you i can do a dooku dooku uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, impression. Image, impression. Yeah. Let me let me hear it. All right. What do you want me to say? Duke knew his cannon. <laughs> okay. Look, give me a second. All right. <laughs> I need to not laugh. I need to laugh. You can't okay. say you're gonna do an impression okay, and then okay. fail me. Okay. Um. Duke knew his cannon. <laughs> Bravo. Wait. Let me do that again. Huh. Let me do that. Duke knew his cannon. 
There we go. You heard it here first, kids. Well, I mean, it. Shall I do the rest of the podcast in my Count Duke, Duke new voice? voice? Duke new voice. Because I, I will say that was my biggest critique of mm-hmm. uh, Jedi Lost is that most of the voice actors were really good. Okay. Yeah. Dooku sounded nothing like Dooku. What? Nothing. Oh my god! Like, they should have gotten me. You should have gotten me to do it. No, you. Dooku sounded like Obi Wan to is me. A, this is a disgrace. Count Dooku should have the best voice available to him. Christopher Lee would not stand for it. God rest his soul. The, yeah. His, oh, this is a disgrace. It was. I. I must. Create, it was very confusing. I must create a. A uh, confederacy of Lucasfilm writers away from Story Group and away from Lucasfilm. <laughs> I must, like, not. I'm uh, Team Dooku forever, man. Because team, team Dooku. Dooku sounded best. way too much like Sifo Dyas, and they both wait, sounded wait, like other one. It was very confusing. And also, Sifo Dyas, great character. Love Sifo Dyas, and I can't. I want more stories with him because he's a. Sorry, I'm a little more spoilers, but uh. He's a yeah, character right. who can, uh, he has premonitions a lot. Oh, yeah, it's, I remember Yeah, that. it's driving yeah, yeah. him sort of crazy. And they don't really get into why he made the, he commissioned the clone army, but I can definitely see that he thought he was preemptively stopping a giant war because, uh, like, if he had visions of this, like, huge empire about to start mm. and these, like, this huge war breaking out. So why don't I make the soldiers? They were so he's like, oh, in order this- to protect them... We need to create an army, but it's one of those re- things. He doesn't realize the Republic; it becomes the Empire. Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. that I don't know that. That is just like. But a, that seems like a good like implication. Because he kind of goes like crazy in mm-hmm. the book, because he keeps just seeing all of these awful things happen, yeah. and he can't yeah. stop any of them. Yeah. But anyway, back to episode nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's like yeah, the, the Jedi, Jedi suck. suck. <laughs> so like a thesis. Yeah, we could probably write a thesis statement. Like, no, it's like, I love individual Jedi, but, like, you know, as an organization, the Jedi have sucked. So I would love for them to be, like, acknowledge... So that is, like, my least favorite part of The Last Jedi, Mm -hmm. besides the fact that they said it only took place in 18 hours. I hate that... Wait, what? When Rose is like, we have only 18 hours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that... I just wish they said we're running out of time. And I'm like, okay, it can take place in 18 hours, but the fact that you said it and expect me to believe all this, like, character development that happened really throws me off. But it's the part where Luke says, and I will not be the last Jedi. And Mm -hmm. I said, I thought you guys had the balls to do it! This is the last Jedi! Yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, obviously, I still think they're going to reform the Order in some way. And I do like the fact that they recall themselves. They retake the mantle Skywalker because, like we talked about in Thrawn Alliances, the the children Force users of the Chiss are called Skywalkers. Right. So... There's a precedent for it. There's a precedent for it, and I I just, like... Again, I'm saying as someone, like, who has typically... Oh, I've always been, like, a Jedi fanboy. Like, I won a lightsaber, and, like... Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever played this game. Um, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. It came out way all the way back in 2003. It's where you get to customize your own Jedi. You're a student in Luke's Jedi Academy in the Legends universe, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you should check it out. So, like, I, I did play that game over and over again, getting to customize my Jedi as a different lightsaber, different species, etc. But, like... It, the, I guess, like, I always liked the Jedi because I thought, like, they were cool because they had force powers and, like, laser. But, yeah, as an organization, they really suck. are super monastic and just don't, like, they're unflexible. Like, that's the whole point like, of yeah, the, yeah. the prequel trilogy is... Mm-hmm. So you kind of had this idealistic view in the original trilogy, and then you see, oh, that's why they fell. It yeah. wasn't... 
just evil, they had become I can say some stuff about hubris and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they yeah, and it, inevitably caused their own downfall because they got a little full mm-hmm. themselves. And a lot of the themes of this current trilogy, it's like, this is why the sequel trilogy is my favorite, because it definitely, I mean, I know people are tired of hearing this, but it does defy expectations, and it subverts, like, you know, what we understood about Star Wars, and it is about that balance. And the thing is, George and Lucas say, had these yeah. ideas as well, and Mortis. Because, like, that's why I'm like, I don't even think it, it, it doesn't subvert the expectations that Star Wars has given us. Right, It right, subverts right. the expectations that, the audience was convinced of. Yeah. Again, the Rey Skywalker thing. Well, like, Luke Luke being the one that caused Kylo to go to the dark side. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was in TFA. That is yeah. what Han said. I don't know why you think that subverted expectations when that's yeah. literally exactly what and, Han said happened. And the other thing is, and, like, I know, like, the Raylo community has been the for- at the forefront of this all the time. It's like, but in Last Jedi, and I'm looking at, like, the Funko Pops of their battle right now with the Praetorian Guards, but when the light and the dark come together, that's when you have balance, that's when you have, when you have good, mm-hmm. when you have, like, a real force for good, and it's like Kylo is, like, clearly the one that continues to be lost, and it's not Ray's like, point or journey to save him, like... Ray is on, like, a wider mission against, like, the First Order. It's up mm-hmm. to Kylo to save himself. Mm-hmm. And we know now that ultimate evil of Palpatine is still around. My boy, the most ultimate evil, who's, like, who's like so powerful and evil that, like, he could defy a prophecy of, like, Anakin Skywalker killing him. Like, that's awesome. Like, I love that. And I think, like, I will say a lot of, like, sort of my hesitation... I will just say, you know, like, point blank, you know, initially before, a lot of my hesitation towards Ben Demption or uh, towards, like, Kylo, like, turning good or whatever Mm -hmm. was, like, okay, then what is Ray? Because Ray's my favorite character. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, oh, then what is Ray's journey? Who's the villain she has to defeat? You know, Kylo, I felt like, was this perfect villain for Mm -hmm. her. But now I know, again, my boy Palpatine, Mm -hmm. like, uh... You know, like, and Kylo that, still is evil. a yeah. great foil for Rey. Yeah, but like, de- her defeat of Kylo doesn't have to be like her over him with the lightsaber stabbing him in the gut. Yeah, it, it can it can be also just like Luke was towards yeah. Vader in Return of the Jedi. It can be uh, psychological. It can mm-hmm. be like, and you know, she can still like help convince him to come back to the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But it's still his own choice to make, just like it was for Vader. Yeah, and that's awesome and like just shows how amazing ray of a, char- a character for how amazing ray is as a character uh yeah there's like so many amazing wonderful themes in this trilogy and it's also the most diverse and like you know do i think it does everything perfect no of course not like, nothing I wish- does <laughs> yeah nothing does i really do wish that finn and rose were given written given written a better journey in the last Jedi, but i still enjoyed it for mm-hmm. what it was i understand people's complaints with it but I like, I am optimistic going into nine for it to, now I'm usually like, uh, and I said this to you before, like I'm usually of the mind that like, as long as they do something well, I will accept it. Mm-hmm. So basically not what Game of Thrones did, yeah. it has done nothing well. Uh, like, yeah, so I'll accept like, you know, whatever they do for the most part. And as long as there are no like, char- again, no character assassinations like they had in Game yeah. of Thrones. It's just like, um... I'm, like, but again, like, that's just me as, like, 
I don't know. I don't want to call myself like an average movie goer or something because I am very invested in Star Wars in this trilogy. But I think like, I think as someone who is open to most things happening mm-hmm. at this point. So, but again, like your negative feelings about it have mostly been because of the marketing. Yeah, and like the marketing, the the one unspeakable interview I want to talk about really like just stabbed me in the gut. I'm not gonna oh. lie to you. Uh, it. I mean, there's been, like, other, like, more better things said since then, but, like, still, I don't think those things would have been said under certain situations, and the the Vader comic oh, that came out, which, I'm again, I don't know if we ever talked about this in the podcast, but, like, the, the Vader comic that came out that was clearly, clearly a narrative trashing on fangirls who like villains, when, I'm sorry, every Boba Fett fanboy who just Boba Fett's their favorite character because he has cool armor. And I'm like, you have these women who like these characters for very, like, complex, different reasons. And I'm like, I've read so many essays written by so many wonderful, like, women of, like, why they really, especially Kylo's journey. It's so complex and so good. And there's so much going on. And you took the opportunity to trash them when originally... It was revealed that it was supposed to be a guy. It was supposed to be a Vader fanboy. And they changed it to be a woman. And who was made out to be super crazy. And there were so many ways you could have handled that plot line. And you kill her at the end of it. And you don't even give her a name. You don't even give her a name. And the fact that people were... The author was like... No, she's the heroine. I'm like, no, she wasn't. You didn't give her a name. You didn't even bother giving her a name. This was... Like, you you try telling it from her perspective, but you made her seem crazy the entire time. It's one thing if you told this story from Vader's point of view, and that was what you got, but this was from her point of view, and you didn't even give her a name. So, don't give me that. So, just, just seeing that as a fan, the kind of fan I am... Like, the kind I, of fan, like, so many new people in this fandom are. Yeah, and it just sucks as I genuinely feel like the uh, the the Kylo stands, the, like, the Raylo fandom, are the people who are adamantly most in love with the sequel trilogy. Absolutely. Like, yeah. overall. And the fact that they are the ones, we're the ones being thrown out of the bu- under the bus consistently by fandom and sometimes in interviews. Uh real big bummer when I'm like we're the people who've supported you the most I'm not saying because we supported you you need to cater to our needs but don't throw us under the bus like do not act like we're the bad ones because we liked your movies because right now what it just seems like is you're trying to cater to the fans that you quote maybe lost in the last Jedi, yeah, like just let them go. Yeah, like like they are especially like the just, ones who like yeah. hate Rose, who think Rose yes. ruined Star Wars. Those guys can get out. Yeah, yeah. Like it, we don't need those ones. Exactly. It's like for, so. I have friends like you know who personally do not like how Rose was written in the film and like don't like Rose as a character, but still like the last Jedi or something. Mm-hmm. And so like, but I know the types you're talking about, yeah. like the ones who are like viscerally anti-Rose or refuse to acknowledge Rose at all. Yeah, and. <laughs> It's like, the thing is, like, again, these fans, let them go. Stop trying to cater to them. You, like, it's going to sound so blunt, but, like, 
a lot of these are older fans, middle-aged fanboys, and some fangirls. Like, mm-hmm. not too many, but yes, there are. I mean, there, yeah. I mean, in my experience, I won't, I will be completely honest oh, yeah, with sure. you, my most negative experience online has been with other women. Mm-hmm. And, which is probably one of the more heartbreaking things about this. Yeah. Like, it's, it's been other women. I mean, guys are also, t- like, but the, it is mostly women who hide behind a performative woke wall and try to make you seem like you're, I mean, for example, uh, May the 4th, I posted this photo, this art I had drawn. It had Rose, Padme, Leia, Ray, and BB-8. It's part of this 18-character piece I'm working on. That's the only segment I had done, though. So that's what I posted. And I had 10 people telling me to remove Rose and that Rose shouldn't be there before anyone even asked about BB-8. Like, because, of course, I'm like, oh, this is the four women. And the reason why they were done is because I like drawing girls more. I do. I'm better at drawing girls. So they were finished. And BB-8 is small and round, easy to draw. Those were the five characters I finished. And I had people telling me I was homophobic because I posted Rose in this lineup. And I'm like, you cannot do this. Like, what? You cannot hide behind that wall of you trying to make me seem like I'm homophobic because I posted a picture of Rose. When you just point out the one woman of color in yeah. that picture. That she is... doesn't belong there because that makes me homophobic. So they, they will use an excuse like that. And that I notice more women tend to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, I mean, I think, obviously, men are more blatant with their sexism and mm-hmm. uh, racism. But either, either way, it's just been yeah, not pa- fun. And the it's... passive aggressiveness of a lot of it. Is a... But, yeah, it's like, in my experience, honestly, it has, like, been those who tend to skew older. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They had their Star Wars and I think this is the problem. There's a lot of the underlying problem with this franchise. It is a 40, coming up on 50-year-old yeah. franchise. Not every... Like, there's going to be a piece of Star... Like, not every piece of Star Wars is going to be for you. Mm-hmm. For example, I hated Solo, but yeah. you don't hear me <laughs> ranting about it all the time online. Like, when it comes to, like, pointing out how problematic and how much of a misogynist... John Caston is mm-hmm. sure I will be there I will be supporting my friends who are the ones calling him out and like will occasionally call him out myself but it's like I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is that I what I love I love the sequel trilogy and I love Resistance mm-hmm. those are the two Star Wars things I'm most excited about I'm also I'm I'm excited for the Mandalorian it has like you know a diverse cast I'm very excited for the Cassian Andor series I'm not excited for the D&D trilogy. Mm. When I saw the announcement about it, I was like, I have zero. Unless they bring in women, women of color, people of color, creators, um, or like the... They have a serious hand in developing this. Yes, exactly. And not just like, you know, like people for them to show off. Like, hey, you know, look at, we got, we did the bare minimum. No, you yeah. gotta have them actually in the creative process. Or, like, it's a heroine of color, etc., like a diverse cast, which it might be, it might not be. I mean, we'll see. Um, like, I'm just, like, at this point, like, just so thoroughly uninterested because of, like, what these guys have done mm-hmm. with their own series that they have so seriously botched. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay for me. Like, I, again, I 
love the original trilogy. I love the sequel trilogy. I'm starting to gain more appreciation for the prequel trilogy that I had like when I was a kid. And it's like, it's okay for like some Star Wars to not be there for you. And also guess what? There's so many other franchises that, you know, I love. I love Marvel. I love Disney. I love, well, I love a lot of things at Disney. Like Disney, you gotta stop. (laughs) Like don't buy any more of like, I love love DC. I love uh, DreamWorks Animation. I love like so many other things. And it's good to have a diverse uh, variety of content to consume. So with uh, also like, with diverse characters and diverse creators and it's like lucasfilm and star wars is not the be all end all of like fandom like you know i love it but it's like there's a lot of times you know what i find when i'm just stepping away i feel so much better mm-hmm. it's also like i just like don't think it's like the best like again like i'm not like i don't mean to like call anyone out like you know because i've been like this person as well but to like um just really just again like step out and like let my mind have some breathing room for other franchises and yeah i feel good about that yeah i it has been nice because i i will say like since celebration since my buzz had been seriously killed <sighs> uh it's been nice to kind of step away and enjoy like my i mean i'm an artist and like enjoy working on my own stuff that's like separate from star wars i mean it is a major bummer that I, I, I hope something happens that turns it around. Maybe, like, the Vanity Fair stuff. Maybe the next trailer will get me really hyped again. And... I have a feeling it will. Yeah. I mean, the marketing or some of the, like... Because, like, everything I've been stuff, hearing yeah. about the actual film... Or mostly everything. I okay, everything. Uh, episode nine spoilers. Uh, oh, yeah. but just, like, slight spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like, okay, I'm okay with this. But the marketing has me concerned. And again, I don't know if they're doing a certain marketing thing because they don't like the with the Ben Dungeon stuff because they're like, well, and we, I mean, I've talked about this a hundred times, but it just I have to say it. That's the big problem or the big what if of the story. Is yeah. Ben going to do something good? But Courtney, is the Resistance going to win? <laughs> I need to know if the good guys win in Star, Star Wars. Wars. Are the good guys going to win? Like, this is, like, sorry. That's like, this the, is the most unexpected plot twist ever if the good it, guys win. <laughs> no. But, like, that's so, yeah, that's that's your biggest spoiler that mm. could possibly come out if is if what Ben is going to do in the end. Right. In right. my opinion. So, clearly, they're going to be talking about him in the context of The Last Jedi of he messed up at the end. Mm. And clearly, he knows it. Like, mm-hmm. you see him at the end of that movie, and he's like, oh, shit. Uh, he's like I don't get what I did wrong like why isn't I'm doing all of these things that I think I'm is right but I still mm-hmm. feel like shit yeah and and again Palpatine's the main villain yeah like the second he but Palpatine I'm like well well but, shit yeah <laughs> it's I, I literally walked out of that room just screaming who's your big bad now motherfucker <laughs> and so that's why I'm like I really have no questions for Ben Dumption I have questions of a survival that is for sure mm-hmm. um but I have no questions about he's if is he going to do the right thing in the end? Because yeah, he is. Uh, and I think yeah, like this is Star Wars. Yeah, and how bleak is it that his family like died, especially like Han. Han mm-hmm. died for to try trying to get his son to come back to the light. You know, and so did Luke. Yeah, honestly, and. 
like Luke knew he's like I know that I'm the one who did this to you and I can't mm-hmm. be the one to bring you back but yeah. uh and it's like he's still like the villain at that point mm-hmm. which like Luke and Ray and everyone else knows and himself Kyle himself knows but like it's you know Luke says to him if you strike me down now I will always be with you just like your father yeah like that's why would they still stay with him if he's like a lost cause yeah 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 he's like all right i'm just gonna follow you around yeah and be there yeah Yeah, so i'm like i don't i don't have doubts about that um i just have other uh, the the rose thing worries Mm. me a lot um yeah i'm worried too yeah like it's 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 like it's nice like and i will just say i love jj i love the force awakens and like all that however like jj you cannot just bring keller marie tran out onto the celebration stage and say oh yeah you know like it, the best thing ryan ever did was cast keller like it's fine and all to do that yeah. show her in your bloody movie yeah <laughs> like I, I i again i have a feeling like on the whole i am going to love it i'm sure like there will be things jj do, does that like i will disagree with here and there but um like it's just yeah, but JJ, just come on, like get, have Kelly in it. Probably. Come on, J. Like, and another thing, just in my discouraging of the marketing, is how they can't just say that Ray is not related to the Skywalkers by blood. Like the fact that they just won't say it out loud, and like, and I don't believe she is at all. Like, I, she's not going she's to not. be. She's not. She's not. Trust me. But she is not. Unless they have seriously changed something because they're idiots in the last like two months but the fact that they won't say no to any like i I think they finally said no phasma is dead dead i think at least they said that phasma's not going to be the kenny of the new trilogy no like she kind of already was well no only once only once yeah Yeah. i was actually kind of i mean again i know like how problematic that is like a friend of mine was really disappointed about this and one phasma oh no uh, i heard about like this person the 501st who actually like made a whole phasma armor oh yeah and like you know after the last jedi was like welp (laughs) guess i can't really use this that much well because yeah i i do like i like phasma more as a character more than hux so Mm -hmm. i kind of wish phasma was the one who like lived a little bit longer you know yeah kill hux yeah like have a woman villain like yeah feel like he's gonna try to usurp kylo that would have been cool that would have been awesome i also am just a big fan of the only people kylo sort of respects is women yeah, <laughs> which that's... is not wrong all the people he've killed is like has just been white men have been patriarchal figures yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, anyone I have the slightest respect for always ends up being women. Because even in, like, the Lego uh, Star Wars game, like, him and Phasma have, like, a jer- like a little cut scene together. And I'm like, I'm a big fan of, like, uh, I mean, it's like a Hades kind of trope. Because, like, even mm-hmm. Hades has his, like, has the fates in his, like, troop. He's like, I only trust women. All my people around me, <laughs> they're only women. I only trust them. <laughs> like, way to go. Uh, but I would have, I would have preferred Phasma sticking around. Cause I like, I like Gwen Christie a lot. I also like, uh, Donald Gleeson, but I don't mm-hmm. need Hux. <laughs> I don't care for Hux. Yeah. It would be more awesome to have like a really tall, muscular woman, mm-hmm. you know, to see that sort of representation. Yeah. And I would have preferred that, but yeah. you know, everything yeah. has their issues. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how Cause I, goes. I doubt Hux is making it very much 
into the movie. He's yeah. why would Kylo keep him around? <sighs> to we be shall honest, see. well, well, yeah, we'll definitely see. That's for sure. Mm. Um, I hope my excitement for it comes back. Um, like it, it's hard because all the official content, not not in marketing, not in interviews, like the books, like Master and Apprentice, like Dooku Jedi Last, uh. All of these things are pointing to themes that I really want for the sequel trilogy, which is very much a the Jedi are fucked up, the 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 balance that they're working mm-hmm. for, that the dark and light are always going to exist, so we need to find a way to coexist. Yeah. Or else this is just going to be an endless cycle of hatred. Right. And so if we don't find a way to figure this out, the the it's just all going to keep happening again. Yeah. So yeah we'll see yeah we shall see like i said i am still excited for episode nine i will say i do not have as much investment Mm -hmm. as like others may have in certain story aspects but that's just me but i am like eager to see what they do with those particular story aspects and i hope they do them well yeah in a way that is again narratively satisfying to bring it back to like again the D D stuff like for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the episode They've just been doing things that are so narratively unsatisfying Mm -hmm. and just are not, they're not good storytellers. Ryan is a great storyteller. JJ, I think, is in general a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. I like from these guys, and also, like, come on, Lucasfilm, just get a woman, person of color, woman of color director. Just, just, just do it. Like, I mean, come on. Or They'll just keep tweeting about how it's coming. And then t- I think that was like three years ago. And like, oh, well, they're directing a couple episodes of our TV show. Well, which yeah. is great. But- which is great. I mean, like Mandalorian is could definitely be like a step up for like uh, someone like Deborah Chow mm-hmm. or Rick Fukuyama and others like who are uh, directing on that show. Like that's part of why I'm excited for Mandalorian. But just like make the commitment, Lucasfilm, make the commitment, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. I just like... I honestly, like I was saying before, like I'm only like really interested in like these four properties coming up, like and some of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm like ready to. I don't want to say be done with Star Wars because like at I least I'm like, ready this for that chapter, break. I'm ready for that break. Mm-hmm. I just, especially like depending on how nine goes yeah. and like like here's my feeling about nine. It's not going to unite the fandom because like just just get over the idea it's of, like, impossible a, there's it, no way to yeah. do it yeah but also i really want to get happy we'll get past the idea of like a cohesive fandom out no you're just a fan of something and like there are certain like people groups of people you talk with about these things like you know that can be your personal fandom but like mm-hmm. the fact of like viewing fandom as like this we're all fans. If you like something, you're a fan of it. Mm-hmm. That's really it. It doesn't matter how much you know, how much you do, how much you like. Like, you do that. Like, I think, like, you know, we need to, like, do this stuff for ourselves and our own self-care. Enjoy it on our own terms. Yeah. Instead of, like, viewing it as, like, a competition or something. And, like, which, like, frankly, I will say, I think Lucasfilm has tended to try to stroke the flames of like fandom competition for like their own like you know like to show stuff on on their website and stuff which like Mm -hmm. i mean sure like you know like an art contest or like you know even cosplay contest once in a while like sure but like it's just in terms of like you know who's right about something just like no no just like 
uh, sure like let speculations but everyone's gonna like have speculations on anything and everything and it's just like but anyway <laughs> back to my point before going on a tangent i think that this film is not gonna like unite like parts of the f- fandom which like you know after mm-hmm. last year or whatever but i do think jj's a crowd pleaser I think that this film will have a lot of things that will make a lot of people happy. And and I think that, I so. that yeah, like that can be I just want to stress that can either be good or bad. We'll have to wait and see, but it will be a crowd pleaser of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, we should be getting that Vanity Fair stuff soon. Yeah. <laughs> when when's that supposed to come out? Uh in the last four years it has come out in may so like oh awesome so it could be it could have come out right now for all i know oh awesome yeah yeah but probably next week and i'm going to galaxy's edge on the 20th so next episode will probably be talking about galaxy's edge and i also want to talk about dooku more because there's some prophecies and stuff that are good and sad but hopefully good for the case of the story hopefully hopefully i trust claudia gray I love her. Please uh, write all more Star Wars books. Write all of Star Wars. Just write everything. Like, I, love you, I, I only Gray. trust you, Claudia. I, I met you. Claudia Gray at Celebration, and she is just, she is a wonderful, amazing, down-to-earth human being. And yeah. Like, I was just like, I was just like fanboying to her. I was like, you like your books have made me feel as an adult that um, J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. made me feel as a kid. Obviously, not so much for J.K. Rowling anymore, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Claudia Gray, she is a wonderful writer, wonderful human being. Like, ha- Have you met her at all? Or? I, like, I think she, she, like, signed a book for me once, but it was, like, three seconds, so it was Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you ever get the chance to have a conversation with her, it is, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really hope to. She's great. I'm excited for, to see what she's writing next for Star Wars, because... She's one of the handful of authors, and I say handful very lightly because I doubt, don't think there's a handful that truly understand the th- important themes of Star Wars. So, thanks. So, thanks, Claudia, uh, for that. So, thank you for listening to this episode of Who Talks First. I am one of your hosts. I'm CT. I am Suara, guesting in for Solo. And Solo's in her room. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.